Hello, family. <sighs> Take a deep breath if you'd like. Or a few. As we ease our way into the thought stream flow of today. It's good to be back here with you all. I've recorded a few and then just deleted them because they instantly didn't feel aligned to share after <laughs> recording. I think sometimes recording these is just a processing system for me, which I'm totally good with that. <laughs> but a few of you have reached out and asked me to record again. Some of you very persistently, and I appreciate that being called forth because I am in an active surrenderance to God and to what is being called forth from me, um, undeniably. Like consistently letting go of the mind that has created life in the past. I want this, I'm going to create this. It's very linear, that way of being, and that has been my goal to surrender, let go again and again and again of an illusion of separate self trying to take the reins and dictate the flow and surrendering into God, a greater intelligence, and not God in a religious sense. This morning I went to, it's called The Hub, it's a cute little place in town. Um, John, he's 70, he owns it, works there, and Don's usually there too, one of his best friends, and they're also best friends with Gary, who is our neighbor, and Gary's also 70, and I am so grateful for Gary in my life. I'm constantly in gratitude to witness the friendship of these three and what they've woven in this town and who they are for the community and for each other and <laughs> what they've created. It feels like I'm just getting to be in on something very, very special that's written in this grand story of life. So anyways, we went to the hub and I was telling John about my course lesson today. So I've been deep diving into Course in Miracles. A Course in Miracles is a book that I've carried around for like over 10 years. Uh, I first was introduced to it by a previous partner named James and he and I tried to dive into it and I did. We studied it, but I was constantly asking questions and what does this mean? And what is that? And Ultimately, my ego was like, nope, I'm not ready for this because of the wording such as him and father and very these very Christian terms. It was enough evidence for me to be like, nope, reject. Anyways, um, my path leading me here to a partner who has been embodying the course for over 20 years. Uh, we have been diving into it together and recently, just a few months ago, giving it our utmost devotion. And in the workbook of A Course in Miracles, there's one lesson a day, and they're all very carefully structured to unraveling the ego, the self that believes it's separate, the one that feels like it needs to take the reins and control life and go out there and make a legacy and be the best and make the money and create the thing and, you know, like protect, defend, force an outcome, be seen, see me, see me, 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 that. It unravels that step-by-step, step, poke poco. 
Um, and one really has to be ready to unravel because every single thing within is going to say, no, I need to hold on to that thing. So this step-by-step takes you through, takes one through a system of unraveling that and remembering the true nature in which they are. So I've been diving in diligently. You take the lesson, you apply it, and it's your mantra throughout the day. You keep coming back to it. And my lesson for the day is my grievances are an attack on God's plan for my salvation. Um, Just sit with that for a moment. My grievances are an attack on God's plan for my salvation. Now, where I'm at in the course, it all already took us through our salvation lies in forgiveness of all things, which is letting go of any grievance, any piece of separation, letting go. Letting go and forgiving are one and the same. How deeply are you able to forgive something? Meaning how fully can you just release it and let it go and give it up? Usually one does not want to give something up because of the evidence. That's why one holds on to anything, any grievance. That's actually my favorite course lesson. I think it was lesson 50 something. Love holds no grievances. Love holds no grievances. Any grievance is blocking the flow of unconditional love, which flows through all of us to all things, to every moment, to ourselves. The grievance in which we hold it is in direct correlation to the way we block the flow of love to our own being. So today's lesson, um, I was talking to John about it at the hub and yeah, we're just contemplating that and how, how deep that goes. And then this girl, Caitlin walks in and she's in high school, a junior. And John says, Hey, come here, meet each other. Caitlin, Sophia, Sophia, Caitlin. So Sophia, share with her, um, the lesson you're telling me. So I was sharing with her the lesson. And she was like, oh my gosh, that's so crazy because the other day I was reading in my Bible a verse in Peter and it said, you cannot live your plan and be in God's plan. Basically that they were in, she was looking for the verse and couldn't find it. And I told her to just share with me what she took from it. And it was that, that basically they're in direct opposition of one another and that you cannot be a friend of the world's in a friend of God's and for anyone who's like deeply devoted to the course and unraveling and remembering through the course that is like such a profound piece of remembrance because you learn in the course that the world has been constructed by the ego and to be a friend of the world is like trying to fit into the ego standards it's what I've shared in previous episodes it's the um please love me energy and if you aren't aware of what that is it's there's one of two energies that are embodied underneath all things and it's either please love me which we're saying to the world consistently like please love me please accept me please love me please love me or it's I love you which is that extension of love that extension of unconditional love to the moment to all things to the illusion because you remember that what you're peering on is an illusion now, it really takes devotion and in, in, in a deep desire to know the truth, to step into this realm, 
because the other realm exists in feeling justified, feeling righteous, you know? And when one feels and collects a mountain of evidence as to why they're a victim to something, that energy takes something to step out of. It takes a deep devotion. It takes a deep prayer of, I will remember my truth. I will, my, my deepest desire is to rest in peace and rest in the fullness of who and what I am. And true peace cannot be embodied with that other timeline, the timeline of the ego, the separate self, of cause and effect of, I need to do A, B, and C so I can get D. It plans out all the things. And the thing is, that's the world. <laughs> Like, look around. That's literally this world. This is the ego's world, but there's another realm that exists just outside of it. You know, it was tried, it, it was portrayed. <laughs> I mean, really, I think it even created a different type of matrix. But in the movie The Matrix, it shows, like, you can wake up from this dream. But really, that I feel like The Matrix just allowed minds to get caught in another matrix. <laughs> Um, when really all it is is letting go of the illusion and opening up to the Holy Spirit, the spirit in which one is in their wholeness. You know, the Holy Spirit sounds so religious. At least it did to me. What does the Holy Spirit mean? But really, once I started working with the Holy Spirit, I'm like, oh, I'm literally like how people say their highest self, their high, highest self in all of that is the highest, most realized version of self beyond the illusion of fragments. I'm fragmented. I need to heal this part of me. I need to heal. I'm broken. I'm traumatized. It's realizing one's whole now and calling in that spirit in its wholeness, in pure freedom, where one rests in, in unwavering peace and contentment at all moments in God. So back to the hub, back to Caitlin. I was reading to Caitlin that lesson and she shared with me the the thing in Peter and I was just blown away by her level of comprehension as a junior in high school <laughs> for her to say to understand like yeah she she just totally got it on her own yeah when I'm holding a grievance I'm not letting like the love of God flow through I'm I'm believing in in an illusion of attack in a, an illusion of needing to defend myself. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, if I had that awareness as a junior, it's so beautiful. And it just brings me back to that remembrance, that peace. And I'm in and out of this all day. I'm in defense and then I'm in my lessons of letting go, opening my palm, realizing it's an illusion and surrendering it back over to the Holy Spirit. So anyways, with Caitlin, she was saying, you know, she she was clearly meant to wake up at a young age because she's well on that path. And she doesn't have any desire to weave life the way that everyone is telling her to. You know, the ego will tell you, graduate, go to freaking college, get the degree so you can have this much money, so you can have your house and you can be safe and knowing that you have a salary and everything's provided for and then you can have a family and you're taken care of. That is the ego's world. Okay, not saying that spirit can't exist within that spirit will weave into whatever we've created um, and meet us where we're at. 
God will literally use all of our tools, all of our illusions to meet us where we're at. God in not a religious sense. I feel like so often I say God and people will, it's so funny. I've said this before and it's like validated itself where people will think that God is like a man watching us, but that's also Santa and neither, those are both illusions. God's not this man sitting up judging us in the sky. God is our essence in unity. And you can choose it in any moment or you can choose separation and fear and rat race and wheel running on this wheel of cause and effect and chasing something that you're never going to find. Because once you find that carrot, there's another one up ahead and another one up ahead and it's never enough. There's never enough healing. There's never enough um, releasing. There's never enough creating. There's never enough money. There's never enough contentment. There's never enough for the ego. As soon as you get that one thing, there's another because it's an, it's all an illusion. It's like the grand illusion. <laughs> I have found in my journey, my journey has been very unconventional, um, very since I was 19 and left Ohio, like the way that everything has played out, it's always been God guiding me. I just used to use a term such as universe. Um, which still the same energy has been guiding me because I've really learned at a young age to let go and to follow the flow. And it's led me here to Burwell, Nebraska. Like I said, a state I've, I never even thought I'd visit. And so many million steps in between. And usually when one opens their palm, and this is what I told Caitlin, because she does not resonate with this conventional way. And I said, two more years of high school, keep developing this awareness. Develop the awareness of the lesson today that we just talked about and what you've been studying. Develop the awareness of the part of you that desires to hold on to the grievance because it feels justified in the evidence. Because if she, gosh, if I had that awareness, I mean, come on, the awareness of, whoa, I want to let this go and give this up, but there's a deep part of me that really wants to hold on to it. Develop that awareness. Get to know yourself in this way. Get to know what it feels like to let go and to surrender. Practice, practice, practice. And allow your deepest prayer to be, God, what would you have of me? I open up and I surrender my life to you. Please guide me. Please guide me in a way that is undeniable. What is for me? Now, when I, I would always ask God, what would you have of me? But once I surrendered my life in Costa Rica, because I realized, oh, a lot of this I created, I created this. What would God create through me? And once I realized like I created this and it's not fulfilling and I was getting more offers of what I've created, come speak at our event. We'll fly you out here, come here and do this. And it was like all of the opportunities that the ego could have ever wanted and that the outside world's like, look how much service you're in. Look at all these amazing things you're doing. That's all an illusion. Once I realized, oh, this isn't my what my soul is calling forth. My deepest prayer was, God, what would you have of me? God is that divine intelligence that's beyond this little, small-minded Sophia that thinks she knows best or anything that Sophia could create from her mind. It's the ego, the illusion of separate self. So I'm surrendering the will that I would have for me over to a greater intelligence, over to the one that I believe is our source of everything. I'm surrendering me. 
So here I am, Nebraska, serving in a way that I could have never planned with my mind. And what's dropping in in the places that I'm guided to is just so profound. It's the most fulfilling life. And I rest in peace and in contentment. <laughs> Finally, like understanding what that word truly means. Because I'm just continuously surrendering again and again and again and again. There's so much I could create. There's so much I could do. A lot of things. I still get offers like, hey, do you want to come out and we'll put you up in our home and pay you and you can teach a class to this and to that and come do a workshop for my job. And it's like it's undeniable what is and is not for me because I'm more in touch with that guidance than ever the guidance of that higher intelligence so yeah just telling Caitlin like allow that to be your deepest desire and it has no choice but to unravel when one holds a prayer from the deepest most tender parts of their being like that level of authenticity woven into the prayer there's no way it will not unfold in a way that's exactly that and she said I think I already said this but what she took from that verse that she read was like less than like 2% of people follow like God's will. They may think it is, but it's their own will. And that's so true because the like, I would say it's even less than 2% of people (laughs) are aligned with God's will for them because everyone's out there in the ego's world trying to survive and doing what the ego would tell them to do and what society would tell them to do and their parents and school and everything is like go make sure you're secure oh if you let that go you don't know how you'll make money oh shit if you don't do that then this it takes like a radical surrenderance in in belief in that one is so provided for to really truly let go to, to unravel all those fears that would have them grasping to this illusion for dear fucking life. So deep bow to anyone out there who's like, fuck this. I'm done creating from my ego. I'm going to surrender and only follow what I know in the deepest part of me is for me. If there's any doubt, then it's not for me. Let it be that undeniable, God, because here I am with all of me surrendering it to you allow my steps to be undeniable that level of devotion to the prayer like that's exactly how it will unfold because one could believe their illusion maybe one isn't tired of what they've created you know you could do that for lifetimes on this wheel of like cause and effect in linear time belief in linear time i'm going to create this and then this and then go here and do this and oh look how fun and this and this and this and it's like Yeah, you can go on for lifetimes until one gets so tired with, I'm done creating from me. Like, what's the fucking point? I'm like sick of trying to create what I think is satisfying to me. And there's always more and more and more. Once one can finally reach that point of being over themselves and over feeling like they're in control, then that's when true surrender can come in. And sometimes people aren't people want to play in the illusion for a long time that's fine too do you you know I'm just speaking of my own journey my own devotion my path has always been one of awakening to the truth of who and what I am remembrance on the deepest level and surrenderance of anything that's not that like since I had a moment of awakening at 19 I've never been able to quote unquote go back to sleep ever 
And I, I feel like I'm at a place now where I've surrendered more than previous, like more than ever. And I'm seeing what the gifts of true surrenderance are. I refer to the time period a lot when I lived out of my vehicle because actually I think that was like, I surrendered even more then. Four months out of my vehicle, like by choice, and camping in national forests by choice to find my fears and unravel them. I think I said this in a recent podcast, but I went back in previous journals and I, I'm just so proud of myself. I was reading things like, I'm so afraid right now and I'm surrendering into it to know to unravel all of this. I'm meeting myself in these depths. So cute, like 27-year-old me. So adorable. Like so brave and willing to unravel any illusions of fears that I followed God's path for me. I would say universe, but I know I would say God in universe every day. Where would you have me go? In those four months were like lifetimes, eternity, and the miracles and magic that unfolded could never have been planned by the mind because <laughs> the mind wouldn't have done any of that shit. The mind would have been like, nope, not going there. I'm tired. I want a hotel room or what am I doing? I don't want to go here. Like, it's beyond logic because the mind rests in logic. So letting go. <sighs> if you want to join us in some practices on letting go, we have a really cute Patreon clan. Join us there. Join us for some practices of deep breathing and points of inquiry to unravel and to let go and to expand that awareness of self. But yeah, letting go has been the foundation of my journey, the foundation of my life. Letting go again and again and again and again and again. What can I let go of? Stories, triggers, needing to look to where the fire started, just letting go. You know, I've been trained in <laughs> so many modalities. It's a trip. I mean, for for like seven years of my life, I just went out and kept getting certified in different modalities. And then I just wouldn't use them. And I would just go get another one. And like, I didn't have the belief in myself to use any of them. So I just kept getting certified in all of these things and learning more and guiding, gu gathering more and Anyways, here I am now, and I've really supported a lot of people with these modalities. But now I'm realizing the most profound and powerful modality that I've ever, ever embodied is literally just letting go and surrendering whatever is there to the Holy Spirit. That's it. <laughs> That's literally it. The Holy Spirit to correct my perception calling upon myself and its wholeness outside of this illusion of separateness outside of believing any stories to that so like if there is anger coming up or a trigger coming up i no longer need to look for where the fire started i just simply surrender it over holy spirit i surrender this over to you please support me in correcting my perception in any space that i'm weaving an illusion of separation because that's all it is. There's perception that is stuck in an illusion of separation there. It, I could look for it. I could see it. I could unravel it. Yes. Or I could just surrender it over. 
and then people have been supporting lately i've been doing both it's like using tools to guide to that space of letting go but ultimately one can just get there but that takes another level, like a deeper level of surrendering the ego because the ego wants to know. It wants to look. It wants to know what the thing is. It wants to find it. It wants to have that whole maze um, experience to reach the end. And that's not needed. It's really just more of an investment and an illusion I'm finding, um, which is nothing wrong with that. Sometimes going through that is beneficial for someone to actually let go but I'm just here stating that for me, I found there's another way and not just another way. For me, it's the most fulfilling way in the easiest way, in the quickest way. And honestly, the most complete way. Like surrendering something over to the Holy Spirit a million times until it's like authentically not there anymore has been profound. Usually with other triggers that I go through the work and clear there's still remnants and then it's like oh well that feeds to a different story you know there's still remnants there but with surrendering it to the Holy Spirit and not allowing myself to weave stories into anchor in the thinking feeling loops and to keep that going I can really just let it go and let go of that whole web that would be created but it takes devotion because the mind will come in and want to recreate it and be like, but this, and but what about this? And but this story and but this piece, it's like, nope, I surrender this over. Holy Spirit, I surrender this unto you. Please correct any perception that's weaving an illusion of separation. Please correct my perception. I have been listening to David Hoffmeister. Uh, <laughs> so working with, of course, the miracles, okay? David Hawkins, I'll start there. David Hawkins, he's since deceased, but back in his day, he was an avid A Course in Miracles practitioner. He was originally a physician, um, a doctor, and yet he still had like 40-something ailments that he could write out. All of these things, like allergies, he needed trifocals, he had diverticulitis, he had dandruff, he had like these aches in his knees, all of these things. Even though he was a doctor, he still had all of these things. So anyways, flash forward to him finding A Course in Miracles and becoming an avid practitioner. He began to unravel all the beliefs around these ailments that he was creating. And he unraveled diverticulitis and unraveled literally every single one, one by one, even the trifocals, just from embodying A Course in Miracles workbook. And, and embodying the teachings like diligently and unraveling the ego that would create all of those illusions of separation. Um, so Jer and I, Jeremiah and I were listening to him. Jeremiah listens to him all the time and we were listening to him months ago. And I was just in this inquiry around why am I creating these allergies and these different bodily sensations and stuff for myself? Well, the next day I swept the garage. I feel like I already told this story in a previous podcast. Oh, well, I'm telling it again. I swept the garage and I swept up a cloud of dust into my face. And it was really fast, all the brain thoughts. But it was like, I'm allergic to dust. Am I going to have a reaction? I can't believe I swept this in my face. Oh, my gosh. Then right away, my face started swelling. My eyes started swelling. My nose started dripping. And I was wheezing, like instantly. I'm like, okay. 
I am freaking sick of creating this for myself. Why am I creating freaking allergies for myself? Like I am done with it. So I come inside and I've been reading A Course in Miracles and I just wanted the next layer of it. And I Googled um, healing the body through A Course in Miracles. And I found David Hoffmeister. And the video I watched was undoing bodily symptoms. And it's like, you're believing the body's real and you're projecting on the body. So just as you would project guilt or fear or separation onto another, th that's pointing the finger out for any reason. Okay. Obviously, the more evidence you have, the more you're going to want to point the finger out. They did this to me. Their dog's been barking for hours. They lied to me. They da-da-da to me. You're pointing the finger out. You're playing a victim. The more evidence you have, you'll stay in victimhood. That's projecting on the illusion of another. Well, sickness in this framework of A Course in Miracles is sickness, disease, discontentment of any type. Even there's a mosquito buzzing around my head. I'm annoyed. You're projecting onto the illusion of the body. So our body is a communication device, but we are not the body. So when we project sensation onto it, it's still the same as projecting onto another in keeping our triggers alive, keeping this energy of an illusion of separation within. So any moment that there's an energy of discontentment, it's an opportunity to bring that into congruence with God, to surrender over anything that's any perception that's weaving an illusion of separation. So David Hoffmeister teaches all about that. And it like listening to him and applying it in real time, my allergies just went away. Done. Gone. So I usually don't listen to speakers very much because they don't resonate. And David Hoffmeister resonates in a way that I've it's I've never heard, I don't think, except when I first found Matt Kahn, like in 2014, 2015, his speeches then spoke to me on such a deep level. Now, not so much, but he still has some pretty profound truths. I don't know. I really haven't listened to him that much, just clips here and there. Anyways, David Hoffmeister and David Hoffmeister is all about A Course in Miracles and, and truths from the Bible and weaving them together. And yeah, so I've been continuing to listen to him and to unravel and to embody the way that he teaches the course. And it's what I just said. And that's like the most profound level of letting go. You know, if one's ready for that, you'll know all the parts of you that are in direct opposition. Like, no, that's overstepping my truth and overstepping my, my experience. And it's like, okay, you're investing in that my, who's the my? That's the illusion that you're, you're investing your salvation in and you're already in salvation. It's not like, oh, I'm saved now, but the salvation of like, oh, wow, I'm finally resting in my eternal self instead of the self in which you would die. You'd go through death and rebirth and you'd go through that because you believe in separation. You believe in the death. You don't, you're not resting consciously in the eternal nature that you are. You're believing in the illusion. So like, surrendering belief and illusion is ultimately accepting your salvation that you are always you are eternal you are saved in the sense of you are not damned to death into suffering suffering is the illusion the illusion of the ego and we put ourselves through these cycles of suffering 
So it's just like, I'm, I'm really bringing these truths in a way that I think a lot of people avoid these truths because all the wording is very religious and Christian or Catholic or whatever, like these religious contexts. And I am in no way bringing any religion to you. I'm bringing to myself truths that I found in a way that they've been hidden through these paintings of oppression and and follow our religion or you're not part of this and good bad right and wrong but what exists is out it all of this exists outside of that within and outside so through this journey with myself i really resonate with what i was just saying what david really teaches and what the course teaches even a mosquito and I love that one because sometimes a mosquito will buzz around my head at night. They come in and it's like I'm trying to sleep. And if any annoyance comes up, the evidence says it's the mosquito. And I can rearrange the illusion of the external to make that sensation go away. I'll, I can kill the mosquito and then the sensation goes away. Just like I'm mad at them because they won't apologize. And once I rearrange it and I get the apology, then the sensation goes away. That's projecting in, in rearranging the illusion instead of bringing that sensation into congruency. It's like, oh, I feel a sensation. I'm going to breathe in and accept all of it and invite all of it up and give it all to the Holy Spirit. The spirit in its wholeness. Here's a, here's a space within me that's coming up saying, hey, I'm incongruent. I'm in an illusion of separation here. Bring me up into oneness. It's welcoming and inviting every sensation and not hiding from any sensation, not making any sensation wrong. The ego can get tricked here. The ego could be like, well, aren't you making the sensation wrong because you want to change it? And it's not a desire to change it. That's the same. It's like if you're chasing pain, you're chasing pleasure. Oh, I want to give this up because this is too painful. No, it's like, oh, I'm so committed to freedom, to resting in my unified self consciously in every moment that any space of incongruency I'm going to hand over to the Holy Spirit as I invite it up and feel it all. Now, within this process, I sometimes feel whatever emotions for a while, and I just bring them along with me and breathe into them. I'm not trying to make them different. I'm not making them wrong. I'm not making stories about them. If I do, that's me weaving them into the illusion and then assigning them names with thinking feeling loops. Oh, this is this story. Oh, this is from this person. Oh, this is because I'm stressed about this. Can one even let go of labeling sensations? Like, can we just, can I just say I'm feeling sensation? Because once I label it, then it attaches a story to it. Oh, I'm feeling anxiety. Well, then the mind can think of a million things that could attach to it. Oop, yay, let's weave some thinking, feeling loops and anchor it in and make it real. Oh, I'm feeling excitement. Oh, I'm feeling, you know, sad. Like you can label it, yes, or surrender the label and just feel the sensation and let yourself feel it all and process it through. I cry all the time. It will just come up and I just allow it and I don't label it or try to find why. There's no need. Just surrender it over. And if there's a piece stuck that's wanting to weave separation, I invite in the Holy Spirit to correct my perception. Did you hear that burp from Coda? Coda literally always lays right next to me and burps 
she burps all the time. She burps at like right when I'm on the phone with someone or a client recording a video. <laughs> she really has <laughs> killer timing. So I'm saying all this as a framework, a North Star to walk for the path of remembrance that one is in salvation already. One is in freedom already. One is in peace already. One is in God already. Um, yeah, this is my practice every day. A million times a day even until one day there is no choice, you know. I'm constantly in separation, ego, identity. What should I create to surrendering over to? Oh, I need do nothing. That is such a potent saying all throughout the course. I need do nothing. I need do nothing. If you want to read something profound, let me see. I think I even Googled it. Google, I need do nothing, A Course in Miracles. I'm just going to read this. Well, all right. I'm going to read this because if you get into Course in Miracles, I feel like I'm meant to be a translator <laughs> in some essence because of the wording in it. But it's just how it came through the channel of this. So just listen. I need do nothing. You still have too much faith in the body as a source of strength. What plans do you make that do not involve its comfort or protection or enjoyment in some way? Okay, let's pause for there for a second. Literally, when one believes they're real or believes they're the ego identity, every choice basically is just plans about comfort or protection or enjoyment of the body. That's it. It's true. If you think of it, I'm still in that so much comfort, protection, enjoyment. Oh, uh, well, I feel comfortable. Oh, does, do I want to do this? Well, I enjoy that. That's the ego identity. So let me continue to read. This makes the body an end and not a means in your interpretation. And this always means you still find sin attractive. So sin in this essence is not like sin you're bad and wrong you sinned repent sin in this context or i even in the bible honestly except for when man's ego came in and wove so much ego within the bible um, sin is choosing ego it's just literally choosing ego so you can take out the word sin and say choosing ego which is choosing fear which is choosing contraction over love over expansion Literally, sin is choosing fear. When we believe in the body and we're doing everything to make the body safe and comfortable, underneath all of that is fear. If one inquires enough, you can see that as truth for yourself. So this makes the body an end and not a means in your interpretation. And this always means you still find sin attractive. So this is like when you're on that linear time frame of all your plans are comfort, protection, enjoyment in some way. It's all about the body and what the body like would make the body feel best. It's saying that that is, it's the end. And that's when I was talking about earlier, you're aligned with death. Because when you believe you're the body in that way, you go through the death. You're like, oh, I'm old age, I'm dying or oh, whatever, death. And then you come back, reincarnate, and you go through it again, if you believe that. Um, we don't need to get into that now. But when one expands outside of that, 
death is an illusion. When you go through your death, you're conscious and aware of what is happening. You're not in the belief of death. You're resting in the eternal nature that you are as a soul, as a being in oneness. So when you're aligned with that, it's that the body is a means in your interpretation, a means in your awakening. So the Course talks a lot about the atonement, the at-one-ment. Now people hear that and they're like, the atonement, oh my gosh, that was used in a religious context of, uh, concepts of atone. You must atone, you're bad and wrong. But literally in the Course in Miracles, it even says in one point, you can say it as at-one-ment. Because when one finally surrenders over the illusion of separate self, they rest in the at-one-ment. You realize you're one with all things. Those of you who have done psychedelics, you've probably tasted that. That was one of the first things I tasted on my ayahuasca journey. God granted me through that, like allowing me to understand on a cellular level the oneness of all things. There's so many journeys I spent in the oneness of all fucking things. Like I could go on forever about my, my journeys with that. I will never not know that we are all just one playing these parts in this illusion. Um, so the at-one-ment is talked about constantly because one, when one surrenders the ego of the separate self, you rest in the at-one-ment and you can shift in and out of it a million times in the day. So it says no one accepts at-one-ment for himself who still accepts sin as his goal. So no one accepts at-one-ment for himself or herself who still accepts fear, choosing fear, believing in the body, believing in separation as his goal. You have thus not met your one responsibility. At-one-ment is not welcomed by those who prefer pain and destruction. And it isn't because you can't enter at-one-ment if you're still grasping onto pain and suffering and separation. You can't. They're in direct opposition. One must surrender. One must fully surrender the pain, the destruction that is being woven to awaken to the at-one-ment. And I love how it says here, you have thus not met your one responsibility. And what has been a trip to me is I've been realizing this more and more and more as I surrender my life here in this tiny, still, beautiful place God would have me of Burwell is that my one responsibility is to awaken from the illusion. My one responsibility is to surrender everything over a million times until all that's left is me without any defenses, without any illusion of separation, me in the fullness, in the peace, in, in the full surrenderance of who and what I am, a vessel for God to flow through. So, yeah, my only function is letting go, which is forgiveness, one and the same. That's it. How many times can I do that in a day? It's not, you're not, one is not ignoring the body, betraying the body, denying the body, because denying the body is the same as like investing everything in the body. It's working with this communication device. Yeah, if there's a knock at the door of sensation within the body, you open the door and you invite all the sensation up, you feel it, you breathe it, you surrender over any stories around it to the Holy Spirit to whoever you want to surrender it to, but the Holy Spirit is the key for me. Whole, to the Spirit in my wholeness, in its wholeness, I surrender this over to you to correct my perception 
around this story of separation I'm weaving and you breathe into the sensation and it transmutes. That's it. I need do nothing but that. So that little section I read you from A Course in Miracles is from chapter 18, the passing of the dream section. I still can't read. <laughs> I've never taught myself how to read Roman numerals and I never learned in school. So it's section V11, whatever that is, titled I Need Do Nothing. Okay, the passing of the dream, chapter 18, section V11, I Need Do Nothing. So I think I'll do more on A Course in Miracles uh, moving forward, but with the translation, because there's so much here for the ego to grab a hold, hold of, sin, ugh. I like, no, in the Christian context, it's like, there's so much that ego has taken that and interpreted it through. And I just know from my family who are deeply Christian, um, the sin is like bad. You've been bad. You must repent. And that's not it at all. It's you've chosen fear over love and that's okay. Can you surrender that and choose love again? I, I sin a million times throughout the day, meaning I choose fear a million times throughout the day. Choosing fear is not choosing the truth of God, the peace of God, the fullness of my myself in oneness with God, the Holy Spirit. It's choosing an illusion. It's choosing the ego. It's choosing to weave fear into this dream and take actions from that space. And I can just surrender that over and shift into the at one mint. So if you're listening to this, I might change um, my podcast name to This Holy Instant. And This Holy Instant is all throughout the course. And I love it because holy is like one in its wholeness. You know, me without my illusion of, um, yeah, separation. You know, without, I need to do this and I need to be fixed here and I'm fragmented. It's like, no, I'm holy. I rest always in wholeness, in oneness with God. And this holy instant is, um, it's an infinite eternal space where one rests fully in the peace of God, outside of mind and identity. And it's available every moment. It's available now, 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 now. It's like this holy instant now is available now 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 if one can let go of the illusion that's being woven and rest into that this holy instant i love it so much people are going to think i'm getting all religious she's going all religious and god on us yes and what is your definition of god if it's some dude something outside of you it's outside of you but it's within you because it's you and it's you beyond yourself Yourself that you believe is separate, that you have to like survive and struggle and strive. And it's you surrendering all of that. It's you in your peace, in unity, in remembrance of that. It's the orchestration of all things. And one just surrenders the illusion to rest in the remembrance of that. God isn't some religious thing. I know that word has been like woven and strung. You can use spirit. I use spirit sometimes, but I like to reclaim this word. And all of it, sin, it's not, can you allow your ego to let go of, oh, but sin, and to take in, well, what does it mean? Choosing fear. How often do you choose fear in a day? I have to go to work because I hate, I hate this job so much, but if I don't, I won't, I won't get paid. 
oh, I got to put my makeup on, right? That's fear underneath. You can masquerade it as something else, but it's like fear that you what won't be accepted if you don't look how it's been programmed. I've really deprogrammed my thing around makeup, which I used to never leave the house without makeup so much that it looks so weird to me now. I can't even believe it. I'm like, what? How did we get programmed? If one simply removes programs, the truth is seen. And it's like, what the fuck? What an illusion we're weaving. But all of this is an illusion. It's like you put on the glasses for the the um, virtual reality and then that's it. That's it. We're in this virtual reality together. Will you rem surrender over that you're the character and you have belief in this world and you need to change everything outside of you? Oh, I need to fix this outside of me when no, I just need to come into the unity within myself, this holy instant, the at one minute. This is everything I've been teaching. I'm just using different words. Everything I've ever taught with Kundalini, which I'm, I'm, I changed my Patreon to the Yoga of Awareness because I'm, I don't identify with the religion of Kundalini. Worship this guy and do this. I never have since the beginning. You know, Kundalini. Any of my practices, even taking people to ayahuasca, all of it. And I've, I hope that you've gathered from me in my courses. If you've worked one on one, or even just listened to me, my main message has always been to come into unity, to surrender the self that believes it's separate, to let go of the finger pointing, and to come into remembrance of who and what we are outside of that. Not a victim to the world. This has always been what I've been teaching. There's just other words for it now that align with the course, which freaking God has always wanted me to read the course. That's why I've never been able to get rid of it. I literally, it's a heavy book. I carried it with me to Costa Rica when I went in 2017. I carried it with me when I went back the, the, with Sage and then we lived there. And it's like, I always carried it around, but I never could really get into it. I would open it and be like, oh, yeah, I resonate with that part. But these words here, man, the truth's underneath. And even some truths in the Bible, like the Bible is such a beautiful example of so much truth with so much ego. There's like parts in there that it's like, whoa, look at what someone's ego wrote in this. And people are using this as truth. I, for me, it's undeniable, which is which. The truth of God is me when I'm in my unity and that when I read those words, it resonates on the deepest level. And I just feel like my journey desires me to learn scripture. I really do feel I'm meant to be a bridge from these truths that are masqueraded as religious contexts and, and bring them into the modern essence of surrendering the self. Because that's what it all is, surrendering oneself into God. But a lot of people don't tap into these level of teachings because of the wording and because of the ways that it's been portrayed. But I'm opening myself up fully to be an embodiment of that. And we'll see how God guides me. Um, I'm actually going to uh, a retreat with David Hoffmeister in September. So we'll see what opens up from that. It feels like a major step in my journey feels significant in its insignificance. How deeply can one let go to allow what would what would be through them? The thing is, if one truly lets go, all the fears that have been programmed in, not just from oneself, but 
family, friends, society, teachers, everything, the whole life that's been taken on, that's what one comes up against. When one finally lets go, everything that's in opposition of resting in unity and allowing God to flow through, like, comes up to be surrendered. And that's when one has to stay strong and have a deep devotion and prayer. God, this feels really real. Please correct my perception on this. The, the fear that's coming up is debilitating. You know, that fear is enough to keep one off the track forever, the track that would be most for them. Because that's usually beyond the mind, honestly, what I've found. But to face those fears and to feel them and to surrender them and move through them, shit. <laughs> Next level badassery. And honestly, if one can fully surrender, it becomes quote-unquote easy. Can one let go until there's nothing else to let go of? I challenge you to one full day of noticing any grievance that comes up. Any grievance. Someone takes your parking spot. Someone doesn't text you back, but they read your message. Someone made a comment to you. You know, someone, whatever the grievance is, and no matter how much evidence you have, uh, letting that go and inviting in the Holy Spirit to correct your perception that's weaving an illusion of separation or your own prayer from that because you have to feel it, feel it in your heart, feel it in your being and see what unfolds, journal about it, just one day of doing that. And if you want an extra challenge, one week, write it on your arm, letting go, write it on your mirror, write it in your car to remind yourself to continuously let go. A fear comes up. Oh, I have to do this. I'm letting this go. God, Holy Spirit, whatever spirit, I invite you to correct my perception around the situation in which I'm weaving fear and separation and see what comes up. See what pathways reveal themselves and make themselves available. Oh, I have to make a decision about this job because da-da-da-da-da, or I have to make a decision about this thing. Surrender even that. Surrender, 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 and see what would be created through the one that surrenders. <sighs> or don't, because that's okay too. <laughs> one can be on the journey of quote-unquote self-creation for eons until they're not. Until, yeah. Something else is chosen. None of it's wrong. None of it's right. It's just as one want to rest in unconditional, unwavering peace, contentment. Beyond, you know, it's like, wow, you mean I don't have to struggle and strive and wonder how is this and that and how am I going to do this and that and oh, my bank account and this and that. No, you can surrender all of that. You have to move through all the fears first that would tell you otherwise and feel all those fears. But on the other side of all of that, Rest in eternal, profound peace and contentment and fulfillment that self-creation could never even touch. It likes to think it touched it. Oh, here's contentment. Here's creation. Here's peace. Yeah, I feel it. I feel happiness. The, the contentment and peace and happiness I'm talking about is like a whole other, a whole other realm. It's like, whoa, I don't know what that was before that I thought was happiness and contentment and peace, but this... This is like whew, what my soul, I realize, has been seeking for eternity. 
Like finally I'm letting go. All of it. Let it the fuck go. But it's still a struggle for the parts of me that aren't fully on board with letting go. And that's where I'm at now. <sighs> but I know my devotion. Come practice with us on Patreon. I'm going to do a year-long course next year. You can come in for a month. It's going to be simple 200 bucks a month, which is nothing. And we're going to go through the whole Course in Miracles workbook. We're going to have one call a week. The bi-weekly calls are the ones that are I ask people to really be at. But we'll do a call a week anyways um, for people who want to dive deeper into what's arising. But you can hop in at any point. You can come in in one month and just do one month. You can do a few months, whatever you want to do, or you can do the whole year. Then we're going to have a retreat somewhere in there for anyone who wants to come out in person. We're going to remember together and unravel together and support each other as we co-create a life that is like for us on every realm. Not saying you're not now, but just surrendering. <sighs> Well, thank you for being here on my journey of becoming, shifting, changing, letting go, just coming into deeper and deeper remembrance. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. I love you.